everyone. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And right off the bat, we got some big news this week, Walt. We got a one of the Power Fives returning to football. Big Ten is going to play this year in the fall. Oh, that's the news of the week, Woj. The news of the century, if you will. I'm sure Sunday you were getting those texts, those messages popping up that they're going to have a vote on Sunday. Did that get your heart racing? It did. You know, I follow Barry Alvarez. Well, I don't follow him, but I watch Barry Alvarez's Twitter feed, and he's always really active, and he was going crazy the last couple of days, and uh, that was exciting to see. It's funny if you guys want to see some funny tweets and, and whatnot, uh, follow uh, Barry Alvarez on Twitter. Barry Alvarez is the man. For those of you that don't know, he was the uh, coach at Wisconsin for a long time. He's now the AD over there, but he coached some of the best running backs in the game, Woj. You remember those days, right? I do. I do. Heck yeah, but with bigger news, that football, Big Ten coming back October 24th. Yeah, five weeks from this weekend, uh, teams will attempt to play eight games, eight games in eight weeks, Wall, and uh, attempt to in quotations there because uh, there are always some cancellations possible with COVID-19. Oh, yeah, they're going to try to get the championship game in right after those eight games on December 19th in the championship format. They're going to obviously – two best teams are going to play each other. Uh, coincidentally, Woj, coincidentally in quotes – this game is scheduled the day before the selection committee meets. <laughs> I think there might be something to that. What about you? I think so too. I, I like how I like how they're doing it too. Not only is the championship games going to get played well, but from there on down on each division. So if you were the second team in that division, you'll play the second team from the other division, and all the way down to the. Uh, Essentially, the scumball, which would be the last place in each division, is going to play off in the Big Ten. Uh, essentially, championship game, with the which with the last game being the actual championship game that day. That's going to be exciting. I mean, I, I never we've never seen anything like this in college football. It would be really exciting, especially that you call it a scumball. Some people might call it a garbage bowl, whatever. But <laughs> those two teams got to meet on that field. That's going to be a tough game to get up for. It is, but the, I mean, the cool thing is, I'm a Big Ten fan. You're a Big Ten fan. We're gonna get to see a lot of Big Ten that day, and it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna feel like Christmas. Oh, it will be. It's definitely gonna be Christmas come October 24th too. But you mentioned being fans. There's not all good news that comes out of this, Woj. There's not gonna be any fans present at any Big Ten game this season. Yeah, uh, and if players do test positive, it's a 21-day return period. Uh, teams must have more than 5% must stop competition practice for seven days. So more than 5% um, of their players or personnel, or I'm not even sure how they're working it, what 5% of, um, they have to stop competition practice for seven days, just straight up. Yeah, that's going to make the, that's going to make for a tough eight games in eight weeks. Well, for those of you driving, don't have a calculator in front of you. Let me pull out my calculator and tell you a player has got to sit out for 21 days. Let's say he tests positive on a Saturday. He's got to sit out nearly half the season. Well, he's got to sit out at least three games. I don't know how this is going to work, but we're going to get some football. Like you said, not only do they have that 5% limit, they also have a, if teams or their personnel test between two and 5%, they must proceed with caution, Woj. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that's what they have to do if they have a two and between two and 5% positivity test rate. Yeah, I feel like they're already proceeding with caution. And that's why we've gotten this uh, this pause till October 24th. But uh, I, whatever they want to say, uh, Pac-12 still remains the only Power Five not 
uh, be playing football while kind of understand it with the situation in California and Oregon uh, with the wildfires. But uh, again, they are the, still the only remaining Power Five conference to not be playing football this fall. Yeah, they kind of have their hands tied. They don't have much of a choice. Well, as you mentioned, states themselves are permitting them to play. When that's the case, doesn't matter what the conference wants. You know, they can't do anything until that issue is resolved. So I'd expect they'd be sitting out for at least a couple more months. Speaking of COVID-19, couple teams not playing this weekend because of it. Virginia, Virginia Tech, and BYU Army. Uh, enough with COVID-19. Let's get into some games that will be playing. Super excited about the first game we're about to talk about here because we get to see Oklahoma State's high-powered offense back on the field. And high-powered offense, high DraftKings numbers. It's exciting. Uh, Tulsa, Owen, oh, they haven't played a game yet. At number 11, Oklahoma State. Uh, who hasn't played a game yet either? 11 a.m. on ESPN, Wall. Oh, and I know you want to get away from the COVID thing, Woj, but the reason they haven't played a game yet is because this one was postponed from last week. But all's well and good from what we hear right now. Game's going to be played. We got Oklahoma State giving three touchdowns and that hook, 21 and a half. We got an over-under of 65 and a half, as you alluded to. This is a DraftKings-friendly game. Game is at Oklahoma State. 24 in a row. That's how many season overs they've won at home in a row, Woj. 24. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of games. I mean, that's you're talking about years, Woj. You're not just talking about games. You're talking about years. I mean, that is a stat to look at. Definitely a stat I'm looking at. Another one I'm looking at, they're outscoring their opponents 764 to 220 in the Gundy-coached season openers at home. Guess who's coaching this year, Woj? It's Gundy. And who does he got running the ball for him? Chubba Hubbard, standout for Oklahoma State, 11 games in a row, rushing over 100 yards. We're throwing these stats at you. 14 of 17 scored at least one touchdown, Woj. How about them stats? Those are awesome. And, I mean, let's just look at his DraftKings stats here. I mean, he's 8,500 on DraftKings. Yeah, it's a huge price tag, especially for a running back, but let me just hold, hold on here for just a second. Because last year versus Tulsa, he scored 46.6 points. Okay, if if we were to take him at today's price at 8500 and he scored that many points, it's $182 a point, Wall. And I don't care how big of a price tag he is at $182 a point, that's pretty damn good. I will be taking... Uh, if I can, if my roster allows it with that price tag, I'll be taking Chubba Hubbard this weekend. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're playing that Tulsa team. I'd call them maybe subpar is a good descriptive word for them. Four and eight last year, but they, they played some real com tough competition. I'm not going to lie. They played Michigan State, Oklahoma State. Obviously, this is a repeat game from last year. They played SMU, Navy, Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston. I mean, you're talking about in that group, there's some uh, – couple of FBS teams that are pretty good, but there's also the two best FCS teams in the nation last year. I mean, that's tough competition. You shouldn't really lean on that record as a considering factor for this one, but the game did open at 23 and a half. You know, they bet it down quickly to 21 and a half. Looking at the over in this game, well, it's 65 and a half. Kind of become tradition for me to take Oklahoma State and their season opener, take the over in that game. I can't remember an Oklahoma State game that wasn't over at least 50 points. Uh, for them just scoring like 50, 55 points. Yeah. And I mean, that doesn't, I mean, you don't have to give much more to get to that 65. So I see where you're, see where you're going there. Wall. Mm -hmm. 
All right, another guy to look for on Oklahoma State's high-powered offense there is Tylen Wallace. So he he's at 7,700s on DraftKings, which is a pretty good bargain considering uh, what he was before he tore his ACL last year. He tore his ACL during a practice. Uh, Dylan Stoner, who we picked, we we picked quite a bit last year in our DraftKings, did really well with him. Uh, stepped in and did really good numbers, but. Now with Wallace back up, I mean, the guy racked in 903 yards and eight TDs in just nine games, Wall. Uh, that's just nine games. Most guys don't do that in a season as a wide receiver in college football. So I'm going to look for him to, you know, make big numbers this year, be one of the best college wide receivers out there. Uh, definitely on DraftKings for sure. And at 7,700, I think he that that's a bargain uh, for Tyrone Tylen Wallace. He's going to score points no matter what, Wall. Hey, people's ears should be perking up because, like you said, last year, Dylan Stoner, you hit him a few times and you hit him right, man. Oklahoma State wide receivers, well, you got these guys nailed. Yeah. Another big game wall. Appalachian State, who's 1-0, uh, had a good first game. At Marshall, 1-0 also, and you'll talk about that game uh, from last week at 12.30 p.m. on CSSN. Oh, we have to talk about this game, OG. It's going to be a good game. I feel like last week we talked about App State. Last year we talked about them a few times, but they're just a good team to watch. You got them playing a Marshall team, playing very good football. They're giving three over under a 57 and a half. As I mentioned with Marshall playing that good football, it's only been one game, but it was a blowout game. They crushed Eastern Kentucky, looked real good during that game. Wells threw over 300 yards, Knox 85 yards on 18 rushes. McDaniel just missing that. 100 yards with 93 rushes on 14 carries. I'm guessing you're going to get some running backs. Woj talking to you about them in this game for DraftKings. But what impresses me, what impresses me about this team is the defense. Not talked about a lot. Haven't been as of, you know, this year, the couple games we've had, the one game specifically for them. But they pitched the shutout. That's that's saying something. Not a great Eastern Kentucky team. I understand that. But only 166 yards allowed all game. You know, puts them number four after the second week of, you know, football. Tough cast, though, this week, stopping that App State offense. It's going to be a good matchup. App State offense against that D scored 35 against Charlotte. That is App State. They were playing well. Um, average starting position on the field, Woj, 19-yard line, their own 19-yard line. Big reason for maybe why that spread didn't cover. I felt sorry for you because I know you picked them, and I might have alluded to the fact you should pick them, but that's a big reason why they didn't, I think, cover the spread last week. They just had bad field starting position. Look to change that this week. Hopefully that'll help them out. But App State had over a 55% success rate on offense. As a reference, 43% is the average success rate for offense so far this year. That uh, This is going to be an exciting game. Uh, and I think it's exciting for DraftKings, too, just because it's, it's more or less a pick em game and maybe it doesn't have that 65.5 over-under like uh, the Oklahoma State game did, but at 57.5 in a pick em game, there's just a lot of points scored both sides of the ball wall. And I kind of like that. I like this game. There's some pretty good picks, some bargain picks possibly. Uh, number one off of this is uh, Thomas Hennigan, the Appalachian State wide receiver. He's at 6K. Uh, had a big week last year or last week. He had five receptions for 120 yards and a TD, uh, which was good for value. He's the uh, definitely the number one wide receiver in Appalachian State at the moment. Um, you know, they torched Charlotte last week on the ground with 50 carries. 
uh, leading to 380 yards or 308 yards, excuse me. Uh, but they did throw the ball, uh, and I think they'll have to throw the ball more this game as well just to open up that run game. So I like him going in this game, especially at that price point. It's a little cheaper. It's under the average uh, salary cap for a DraftKings lineup, but 6,200. Um, now, let's talk about running backs. But I'm not going to talk about Marshall's running backs, even though Knox is good. Oh. <laughs> Knox is good, but he's a little bit too expensive, didn't give me enough last week, and I think Marshall's going to have to sling it a little bit to keep up with App State. Uh, I'm going to talk about App State's running backs. And this is going to be weird because, again, we just talked about 50 carries for 308 yards. It was basically done by a three-headed monster. You got the Treach Herring, or Harrigan at 5,100, Marcus Williams at 4,800, and Cameron Peoples at 4,600. All three backs had similar carries. Um, it's a big gamble, but... The big thing here is DraftKings has a tag on Cameron Peoples for uh, a questionable tag, and that scares a lot of people away. So if you're low, looking for a low percentage owned, like 4,600 running back that can possibly get you some points, he would be the guy to go to uh, just for low percentage tournament play. Uh, you had an ACL injury last year. They, for some reason, still have the questionable tag on him, even though he's not questionable. Uh, he will play. Um it's just one of those things. It's a gamble, but it'll be a low percentage on player that could give you some points, uh, more value than the 4,600. So that's one to look at. Now, back to Marshall. Let's talk a quarterback. 6,300, cheap quarterback Garrett Wells. While you talked about him a little bit, uh, he threw for over 300 yards. Uh, may have an easy, it may have been easy competition. But it's his first career start, and that's damn good numbers for anybody that's their first career start in college. Um, with the amount of implied points Marshall slated in this game, which is around 28, uh, I, I like Wells at 6,300. I think he can get that uh, for sure, and I think he's going to have to sling it a little bit to keep up with App State like we talked about. So big fan of Garrett Wells this week just because he's good priced. You can get somebody else as well to um, – you know, put in your roster a little bit more expensive like Chubba Hubbard when you're going for guys like that. Another game wall, we got Notre Dame on the roster here again. We got South Florida 1-0 at number 7 Notre Dame 1-0, 12.30 uh, p.m. on USA. USA wall? Hey, Woj. You know why this game's not on NBC? I, I didn't – we didn't go over this, by the way, fans. I'm putting him on the spot. The reason's disgraceful, Woj. You probably know. I am honestly don't. I'm kind of NBC scratching my head. Vote. You know what? Apparently there's some golf event going on this weekend. So my guess is that they're keeping that golf event on rather than putting this Notre Dame football team on TV. Hey, listen, if you guys want to put some money on the U.S. Open this weekend, bet John Rahm at 10 to 1 right now. Oh, you heard it from Woj. I guess he knows about this golf event they have going on. But John Rahm, i got to write this down. All right, I got it marked down. <laughs> But back to the game that we won't be watching on NBC, we'll be watching on USA. Very perturbed about that. But Notre Dame, minus 25 and a half, over under 52 and a half. I told you guys last week we'd be looking at this one. This is a rematch of the 2011 nightmare in South Bend. Notre Dame lost 32 to 20. For those of you out there that are familiar with the – that's I know that's kind of dating yourself, 2011. But those of you that are familiar with that Michigan App State game, kind of the same taste in their mouth as Michigan has with that App State game. Not counting on that repeating this year, though, Woj. I'm not counting on it anyways. Ian Book has a game under his belt. Jump 
you know, a little jumpy early in that Duke game. I'm not going to lie, but he settled down, looked calm in the pocket later in the game. He threw for 263 yards and one touchdown. Hey, respectable first game, especially since the beginning of that game, he was not doing well. But the reason I'm not too worried about Notre Dame in this game is Kyron Williams, man. 19 carries, two touchdowns. He put Notre Dame on his shoulders and carried them last game. He did, uh, and he did well. He scored 37.5 points on DraftKings wall. He's 8400 this week, so he's priced $100 cheaper than Shubba Hubbard. Uh, and here's my thing. He is a big price tag, and you know a guy like Chubba Hubbard who's put up points consistently. He's more of a, a guarantee for the for those numbers, right? Kylan Williams, I'm not sure what Chip Kelly's going to do. Um, because he would need to get 34 points to break kind of even at that price point. Kelly has a freshman underneath him called Chris Tree, or Tr- Try? Uh, Tree, I think. It's T-Y-R-E-E. Nevertheless, he's 4,300 on DraftKings, by the way. Uh, he is the top freshman in the country as an all-purpose back coming into the season. So... If Chip Kelly wants to give him some touches, and he did give him some touches last week, just not very many, with how much Kylan Williams did last week, and they were, you know, they were they had a tough game versus Duke, but I think South Florida they'll put away a little bit easier, so they might actually put him in, get him more touches. So I'm worried about what that ceiling could be uh, for his price or his points next week. At 4,300, uh, it's a gamble to take Chris. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I think he'll get more touches this game, especially if it's getting out of control, which will lead to less points for Williams in the long run wall. Oh, I, I agree with you there, Will. What you were saying makes sense. I'm sure you meant, meant Brian Kelly, not Chip Kelly there, and he's talking talking about Notre Dame. But if we go to their competition, you know, South Florida, they had a win. They, they're 1-0, all right? We, we'll give them that. But their win came against the Citadel Woads. That's, that's a non-FBS team. You know, no disrespect to the Citadel. I respect any football team that goes out there and plays their games. But, you know, I don't know if that win is really worth counting for South Florida. Uh, on the side, actually, Clemson this week, they played they play uh, Citadel this week. It's They're 45-and-a-half-point favorites against the Citadel to give some frame of reference. If, if you want to bet that game, you know, don't be afraid of that big number. This game uh, breaks a lot of models. You know, the line is likely set, expecting Lawrence to exit quick from the game. Uh, if You could guarantee he plays all game and Clemson won't just run the clock. I mean, this is easy minus 70 game. But as an example, that's the team that South Florida beat, a team that Clemson could be given 72 if you gave me those parameters. But, you know, not a great team in South Florida. Mentioned we'd be watching this last game last week. Came out a little too high in the spread, Woj. The spread came out a little bit too high. You know, I was wanting minus 21 or better. Three touchdowns are better, but you know what? Last week, live game betting, Notre Dame dropped down quick, man. They dropped down a minus 10 and a half. Probably this week, what I'll be doing, looking, hoping for that line to drop again and maybe get them minus 21. If I can get it in the first quarter in that live game betting, I, I think I'll take it. But unfortunately, that number just came out a little too big on the open. Hey, Citadel's had now two weeks because they're playing Clemson this week and they are in the DraftKings lineup. They're going to have Two weeks being on DraftKings main slate wall. That's big time for Citadel. I didn't even know they allowed FBS players on DraftKings. That's news to me. They do, but half of their team has negative points, so it's not good. Oh, that makes sense. It's not going to. I don't think they're going to get positive this week. No. Uh, another game this week, Charlotte, who's 0-1 at North Carolina, who's ranked 12th wall, uh, 1-0, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN3. 
<laughs> I think I heard that expression here, boys. I think you know I take a little uh, – I may have a little gripe with North Carolina being at 12. But anyways, North Carolina minus 30 in this game, over under 59.5, 60, depending where you're looking at it. But both the over, under, and spread have been moving. They've been on the move, baby. Minus 27.5, this game was at. Now it's at minus 30, as I mentioned. But the over, under, is it's flexed you know, oscillated really between 59 and a half and 62 and a half. I don't know if this has something to do with kickers, Woj. It might because last week kickers were 32 of 53, which is only 65.8%. That's not a very good percentage for kickers. Maybe why that game is oscillating on the over-unders and the spread is those three points, whether the kicker is going to make it or not. Who knows? But I have to say North Carolina ran the ball 47% of the time against Syracuse when they played them last week. They had the ball for 32 minutes and 10 seconds versus Syracuse, who had the ball for 27 minutes and 50 seconds. I think this stat I'm going to be talking about all year. I think it's going to be talked about a lot more by other people. That time of possession, it's very important, and people are starting to figure that out. You know, these teams, these analysts, they're figuring out just airing the ball out and not controlling the clock. You know, you can win games like that, don't get me wrong, but it's not a championship strategy. You play a, an elite team, you're not giving your defense any rest. North Carolina, they're not going to have that problem. They're going to keep that time of possession up. They're playing Charlotte. Again, they, I don't think they really need to bring their A game, so to speak, but that is a factor to consider. Last week we mentioned Mac Brown. He'll have to do his job again this week, Woj. He's going to have to keep his players up. They can't afford to lose one. If they want to be in that ACC championship picture, this is a game they cannot lose. Good team, but really high ranking. I don't know about that, Woj. I just have a little bit of gripe with it. You know, I think maybe they're in this position because they have an easy schedule. The pollsters are just kind of looking forward, thinking, oh, they're going to win all these games, so we need to rank them high so we look good in the end. That's all I can come to conclusion. Yeah, I don't I don't like it at all. They're, I mean, it's to move up. I, I guess I kind of understand just because of the year we're having and, the, the, you know, the Big Ten isn't playing at the moment, the Pac-12 isn't playing at the moment. So there's a lot of teams essentially missing from the the, the rankings. I think once – the Big Ten starts playing again. I think teams like North Carolina, who are beating the crap out of Charlotte and Syracuse, are are going to fall behind a little bit. But we'll see what happens. Uh, North Carolina still got games to play before October 24th uh, when the Big Ten starts playing. But a couple ga- people I do like in this game, just because North Carolina is playing against Charlotte, who did give up 512 yards versus Appalachian State last week. Well. Uh, Michael Carter, the running back, and Javante Williams, the running back, both from North Carolina. Carter's at 6,300 on DraftKings. Williams is at 7,800. And I actually really like the cheaper option here uh, just because he is targeted out of the backfield. Uh, he caught, he was targeted seven times, caught six catches from the backfield. That goes along with his seven rushing attempts, which I think he was averaged 10 yards per carry. Um, Williams did get a bulk of the runs, but and he did get three touchdowns. But touchdowns will come or you can keep getting those receptions. Um, I think for sure they'll come. And I just like with point per reception and DraftKings, I just like Carter, especially at that price point, way better than I like Williams. Williams at 7,800 is just uh, its just kind of a luck of the draw, I think, when it comes down towards the end zone, if he is the guy that gets the ball or not, when Carter can still get consistent points because he's getting consistent targets in the backfield. Well, just a couple other side notes for DraftKings on games we haven't covered. It's Houston at Baylor. We're playing at 11 a.m. on Fox. 
Uh, R.J. Sneed, the wide receiver for Baylor, is priced good at 6200 without Denzel Mims. I don't know if you remember Mims from last year. We had him a couple times in our DraftKings. He was uh, a solid wide receiver. Uh, he is gone now, so it opens the door for Sneed. And I really like him at that price point. Uh, a lot of these guys you can find early in the season before they've played a game, especially after people have left at, at pretty cheap prices, and I think this is one of those. Another game, uh, number 14, UF, UCF at Georgia Tech at 230 on ABC. Another high over-under game. Both of these are 62.5, by the way. Jamar Gibbs, the running back for Georgia Tech, he's 300, or 3,300. Uh, let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, he... He enters this year as being talked about as one of the best running backs to come into college football. Uh, those are big words. He didn't play last week in the season opener uh, for undisclosed injuries, and he plays for Georgia Tech. Uh, would be something to watch closer to game time because at that price point, 3300 if they're going to you know, tout and talk about this guy that much, then I'm sure they have plays and they're ready to, to get him going. Um, the thing is, Jeff Sims, who's the quarterback for Georgia Tech, was 5,300 this this week. Might be a, a decent take as well. Um, doesn't hog all the carries because he was the number one rusher last week and the number one passer. So it's possible he just didn't feel comfortable with Gibbs not in the game. He didn't know the play. He didn't really understand with without him. He didn't have another trusted back. So he had a lot of more dedicated runs. So we'll see what happens this week. It's closer to game time. Watch, see what they happens if they talk about him playing or not, or if he's practicing. Uh, but at that price point for a guy that's that highly touted, uh, that's a pretty decent risk to take, uh, especially if you're going to take someone like Chubba Hubbard because you're going to need take, to take guys like Gibbs if you uh, if you dish out that kind of cash wall. Hey, Georgia Tech coming off that big win against Florida State. I mean, they're, we're talking about time of possession, a clear time of possession team right there. Obviously, they started passing a little more this year, which kind of threw me for a loop, but – I like this game. What you got? UCF minus seven and a half over under uh, 61 and a half, 62 and a half, depending where you're looking at it. I mean, I, li- I like Georgia Tech to waste a lot of time on the clock. How do you do that? You run. So Gibbs, hey, that makes sense. DraftKings League this week. Or, well, let's talk about last week first. We had six contestants last week while we had Cruz 2-4-4 take home the victory with 101.22 points. Not very much, but uh, we'll see what happens uh, next week. I'll be playing this coming week. Uh, He did have Jonathan Adams Jr., who had a big game for him. He had 35.9 points at only 6,000 salary. That's $167 per point. Remember, even value in DraftKings is $250. So way to go, Cruz, on finding that uh, that diamond there. Uh, James03 finished second, and Ace Kyle, who's Kyle Wall, uh, finished third. Yeah, Woj, I I had to say it while I was listening to you. He cruised into victory. You know, I just had it in my head. I had to get it out there. But – I was, I mean, I wouldn't say I was happy with my performance last week. No, I will. I'll say I was happy with it. I came in third. My players, they had this medal, Woj. I don't know if you've ever seen it on the DraftKings app, but I was looking at them. They had this, it was like a, a snowflake medal. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, it's called their cold wall. They're cold. Well, I'm happy with it because all my guys had that medal. But somehow I still <laughs> came in third. I'm okay with it. I'm going to do better this week, though. I mean, we're playing some tough competition in that league, so. You know, it makes sense that I, I'd only get third. Next week, I'll get first. Yeah, like I said, we're doing it again this week. Uh, Saturday, 12-game slate on DraftKings. Hope to uh, hope to beat you guys out there. Uh, while while uh, we didn't do so well last year, in or last week, 
in the Wojan Wall Pick'em. Uh, you had Kansas. That so was at negative six and a half. That was a loss. And I had App State at negative 16.5, which was also a loss. Um, this week, Wall, I'm going to go right off the back. I'm going to take a huge favorite, bigger favorite than the App State from last week. I'm going to take Oklahoma State at minus 21.5. I mean, you said it in your in your talk there, Wall. Uh, Gundy's 764 and 220 in outscoring opponents in season openers. I like Oklahoma State at minus 21.5. Hey, I don't I don't mind that either, and that's that's probably where my money's going to be this week, Woj. Well, some of it anyways. But I, I've been going between Clemson. You know, I, I that's a big number. I'm not afraid to take it. I'm not going to lie. But a game I think I like better, Georgia Tech. You know, I they're getting that hook right now. You're getting seven and a half against a UCF team. I think I'm going to take Georgia Tech minus or plus. I'm sorry, plus seven and a half this week, Woj. I don't know that they can win it. It's a game that, game they definitely could win it. Considering this is the pick 'em, I get the points. When it comes to money, I'll actually probably take them to win. But Georgia Tech plus seven and a half, mark it up. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at wwcfb. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>